Hey there, and welcome to the very first episode of the Camera Dads podcast. My name is Phil Rinksmith, and on the other side of the screen is my brother. I'm Simon Rinksmith. Welcome, everyone, to the official first official episode of Camera Dads podcast. And this is a podcast where two guys, in this case two brothers, talk about photography, and we are also fathers. So that influences everything we do with this podcast, as well as pretty much everything in our lives. And so we're glad to have you guys with us on our first episode. Um, Phil, what are we talking about today? Well, today um, it's it's a little bit late in as far as timing goes, but hopefully not too bad. We are going to talk about um, photographing during the holidays. Uh, this is something that can be challenging, maybe a little bit overwhelming for a lot of people, especially someone who maybe has recently gotten uh, a new camera or is upgrading to a DSLR. And they're just trying to get the best photos of their kids uh, or the best photos of the Christmas, you know, events that are going on. And so tonight we're going to talk about sort of some of the things that we do or don't do. And uh, yeah, and and, uh, and like you said, Phil, this is uh, we're like a month too late or two months too late for the Christmas holidays. But some of the things we're going to talk about tonight are applicable to any given holiday situation or a birthday or other things like that. Um, and before we get too deep into this, I want to let the listeners know um, I'm uh, I, I shoot with uh, I have Nikon cameras and Nikon lenses. And Phil, you also have some Nikon uh, gear as well, right? Yep. Yep. And so if you're if you're coming to this and you've got uh, a Canon or a Pentax or Sony or you maybe you've got little uh, like a mirrorless camera or even just your mobile phone, honestly that doesn't really matter. This is not a gear podcast; it's a photography podcast. And so you might hear me or Phil talking about um, when I'm shooting something with my 35 millimeter lens, or when Phil's shooting something with his 50 to 200 we're not endorsing anything specifically and we're not here to talk about gear, but sometimes gear does come up as it probably will tonight. But we just hope, uh, we hope you enjoy being here and hearing what you have to say. And, and we always welcome your input as well. So uh, Phil, in terms of photographing the holidays, uh, we've just come off of the, the Christmas holiday, New Year's holiday. Uh, what, uh, uh, what do you do to get the whole family photo? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I let you do it. <laughs> that, <laughs> because that's, we, that's kind we of true. were fortunate. We were fortunate enough to to have you here. Um, we're Simon and I are are four hundred miles apart, so we don't see each other too often. But uh, his family came up to visit uh, our family for Christmas this year, so you were able to help us do uh, some of the that full family photos. Um, and likewise, but, you you and others sort of got. Uh, photos of my family, which I wouldn't have gotten, and it's nice to it's nice to have that where someone else can kind of capture your family for you. And in for my family, for the listeners out there, my family is four of us: myself, my wife, and we have two boys, ages five and three. And Phil, you're a little more um, expansive than that. Yeah, I've got five. Well, I don't have five, five family of five: three kids, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a six-month-old. And so, Phil also uh, has a lot of pets, or not a lot, but I've got, uh, I've got a few. Many more than I do. I have zero pets, and not that that matters, but sometimes pets end up uh, as part of the the things you're going to be photographing. So, so you're you're talking about uh, the whole family photo, and the more that I think about this, I can't recall a time where I personally have orchestrated a whole family photo at Christmas time. You mean? Yeah. 
So and it's you, odd because you've like, got, like, thing that, you, you, that everybody... you go to all this episode. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Caveat: this this is our first episode, so right. bear with us. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of a time where I have orchestrated a whole family photo like for my own family. I don't think I'm I thinking, have either. I'm thinking about how this usually works for us at Christmas time, and I'm picturing our family, our extended family standing um, in the living room at let's say grandma and grandpa's house and grandpa's got a, his camera on the tripod at the other end of the room and he'll kind of tell everybody more or less where to stand and he'll set a timer and a burst mm-hmm. photo. Yeah, oh yeah. I remember, I remember that. that. That's, that's something that we'll, you know, we should, we should get into a little more and then he'll, he'll rush back around and get in his spot and then say, smile, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, I, it works, but it's not, uh, I I've never orchestrated that myself. And I don't even know if I like the results of that because it, it, it looks too forced and too weird where everyone is, um, it, it's not natural. And that's not what I think of when I think of Christmas. It's, it's not fun. People aren't enjoying it. It's kind of stodgy and stilted and, yeah, I'm I'm not huge on staged photos myself either, but mm-hmm. sometimes they can be great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but one thing that about this technique, and you and I are old enough to remember doing these photos with our family with film cameras. Yeah, yeah and back in the day, we didn't have burst mode back then. Mm-hmm. So that is probably one of the best tips I think I could give right now is if you're trying to get a good whole family photo and you've got, you know, young kids all the way up to old people, everybody in between, get them organized as best as you can have somebody at the camera to be making sure that they look okay and set that thing on uh, a 10 second timer and a burst mode to take 10 or 15 shots or whatever it is. And then just go for it. And that's, that's a, something I've, I've done on my camera as well, where I, I use the burst mode and, or I use the timer and then I use the burst mode. And, and we've done pictures where not necessarily at Christmas time, but Phil and I, uh, we, we take a, a vacation every summer where our whole family gets together at a lake in Kansas. And sometimes we will do a stage photo there where we have the whole family, all the aunts and uncles, cousins, and, and, uh, everybody in front of the lake. And I'll, I'll do the exact same thing that you're saying, Phil, where I'll take a, a series of pictures. I'll do a 10-second timer and then have it take 10 photos each one second apart. And we'll do that three times. So we end up with 30 or 40 photos. One or two of them might be good. And I think it's a great way at Christmas to, to get that same uh, idea of <laughs> hopefully one of your pictures will work out when you've got the whole family together like that. Unless you've got a professional photographer there taking pictures for you or, you know, like a family friend or a neighbor or something, and they're not going to be in it. I don't well, know of a better way than just to, to do the burst mode and hope that you get something that you can use. Well, and it's, it's kind of hard because the reason we're focusing specifically on the holidays is so much of the holidays are these unplanned spontaneous moments where someone's opening a present or someone is uh, uh, maybe making something in the kitchen. And there, there's a lot of, of surprises and a lot of um, 
what would be photogenic moments, but you don't want to be taking photos. You want to be enjoying the moments as they happen. And so if you're always worried about the, the camera on the tripod and I got to go set that up and okay, everyone pretend like you're opening your present again, because it was really nice when you open that thing, it just doesn't work out right. And you get these photos that are, they look fake, they look staged and uh, they, they don't have the same uh, impact. And so the trade-off then is you have one person who, uh, usually ends up being like the designated cameraman and then that person's never in any of the photos yep. or you're yep. always missing one person somehow yeah I, I think you said it very well and I'm, I'm kind of getting the feeling here that that we're both sort of not fans of this staged family photo so much except you you kind of have to take it yeah you, know, you I mean there it, are those times where you've got that you know, maybe your your extended family only gets together once a year, or you've got the, that rare opportunity where something like five generations, and you're never going to have a chance to get that again. Well, you've you've got to do it. Well, one so, thing that um, it's a trick that I use, and uh, I think if you've got pretty much any camera these days, a lot of mobile phones will do this. If you've got an old phone in the drawer you're not really using anymore, or if you've got um, a camera and a tripod, one th one trick that I use is I set my camera on a tripod low to the ground with a, a wider angle setting. Like um, if you have that kit lens at 18 to 55 millimeter kit lens, put it on 18 millimeters so you can get the whole room. And I have it set so that it takes a photo every 15 seconds the entire time that we're opening presents. And I'm going to show an example of that. On uh, uh, If you're watching the video feed, I've got a screen here that I'm going to show of me and my son. I, I'm not super comfortable yet with showing my kids publicly. I have pictures of them privately on Facebook, but um, that's, that's me and my son. And no one took that photo. My camera just took that photo and it took 250 photos just like it from that same spot. And so over the course of half an hour or whatever it took for us to open presents, we never really got a posed photo with everyone, but we did end up getting a lot of photos with the whole family and nobody had to stop and think about whose turn is it to take the photo and is it, uh, did we make sure to get that one present unwrapping and stuff like that. So if your camera has what's called an intervalometer, that's what you can use to do this. And if it doesn't have an intervalometer, you can go and buy one as an external attachment for they're cheap. They're like 30 bucks. Just go to Amazon, type in Nikon or Canon external intervalometer, and you'll probably find something to your, that you can use for your camera. Let me interject real quick. Is this, is this something that is easy to do if you don't have a DSLR? Um, you, you're talking about buying, you know, a new piece of, of equipment, but if I'm just using well, a pocket camera probably doesn't have that. Most pocket cameras don't. Um, a, lot of, a lot of phones do. And can, if can you use an app to do that for you. Well, that's a good question. And I want to make sure that the listeners understand this is not necessarily a tips and tricks show because Phil and I don't have a lot of tips and tricks. We just have our own experiences. And I, I, have, um, I have an iPhone and I use the camera in it um, as like a point and shoot, but I don't, I don't know a lot about extending its capabilities with apps. I have an app called camera plus 
And I know there are photography apps for mobile that allow you to do interval timers. And it, it's, I, I think you're right, Phil. If you, if you want to do this cheaply, you don't necessarily need extra gear. You can probably find an app for your phone that will do it. Let's go back to that. Don't, you don't have to bring it back up. But let me go back to that, that idea of sort of capturing photos passively. And uh, I think that, I think that solves a lot of problems and gets you possibly some unique photos that you wouldn't get otherwise. So first of all, it gets rid of the problem of the designated photographer. Because if you've got a camera sitting, you know, on a little table in the corner that can capture a whole room all day long, you don't have to worry about sitting there taking those photos. And you're going to get, you're almost guaranteed to get at least a few that show a good bit of what was going on that day. Well, let me ask you something, Phil. Um, our, our path as photographers, as father's first photographer's second, has been kind of similar in that for both of us, having kids was the reason that we got into uh, more serious photography or at least started to step up our game with photos. And when I, uh, when my oldest son was born, so about, uh, he's five and a half now. So I'd say about five years ago is when I really started to realize that my pocket camera wasn't cutting it because all my photos were blurry and I was using the flash all the time. Um, I wanted my pictures to be better and at the holidays, especially, I, I can't get over this mental thing of thinking that I need the perfect photo and it's got to have the background blur and I need to have everything just so. And, and Phil, I haven't asked you about this before, but did you go through this path where at first you got a, a better camera and you wanted those perfect photos and then you kind of went to the other side of the pendulum where you where you said no I don't really need the perfect photo I mean, how did you deal with this mentally oh boy getting that perfect photo is something that I think I'll always strive for and it, it is similar in that once my my son was born and he started you know moving and just becoming a little person so much more of that. I wanted to be able to take better and better photos of. And in my mind, I've always got this. That's what that photo should look like. Yeah, man. You know, I, I want to see, I want to see this. And I don't know. Sometimes I think I get too hung up on that instead of just taking some photos I do. And, and, I, and enjoying them. So. And I, you know, every parent wants that when you're, especially when your kid is first born, you want that, that, um, Pinterest worthy photo where you, you go on Pinterest and you look at photos of newborns and you see all these photos with like perfect lighting and the kids not crying and they're, they just look so good. And you look at your own photos and your kid's got a runny nose and it, there's, everything's out of focus. And, I really wanted that perfect photo and I have this problem where my standards keep getting higher and higher and I look back before we got my, my first camera, my first real camera you might say was a Nikon D200 and I got that camera in 2011. At that time it was already probably eight years old. So 
my first real camera was a really old camera and I had a 50 millimeter lens with it that, uh, it doesn't zoom in and out. It's just stuck at 50 millimeters. And I remember the first photo that I, that I saw my buddy, Kevin came over with his D 250 millimeter lens and he took some pictures of my kid and I was blown away and I couldn't believe that someone I know would be able to take such amazing photos of my kid and he was in he was sharp he's perfectly focused the background is all blurry and i thought this guy must be a photo genius and then i learned how to do that and i look back now on the photos that my that kevin took when he came over and they're they're fine but to my um from my to revised standards yeah yeah to my current standards not no, I'm like, oh, yeah, the framing was all off, and oh, the lighting was well not perfect, and yeah, I don't think I don't think you'll ever get over that. That's probably something that if if you have a strong interest in photography, if it is you know a hobby of yours, chasing that perfect photo, you know your your definition of what that perfect photo is. I don't think you'll ever really get there. Do you still chase and that I, perfect photo? Especially at Christmas time. When... <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, Are you man, bummed like when we're... you don't get it? Yeah, I am. I am too. But maybe let's save that for a different show. Okay. okay. I want to get back to some Christmas stuff. Um, <laughs> so hey, let me bring up a picture. Okay. And so we're talking about... Um, let me just bring this up and talk about it. So what I, one thing I like to do is I've always got the camera with me at Christmas. This is true, people. He does. I, I I wear it with a strap that you bought for me. So thank you very much. I bought you that strap? You bought me a strap, yes. That, a, that black rapid uh, no, maybe. shoulder strap. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's, anyway, a, it's awesome. It's, Listeners, I, I go get that. that strap. It's awesome. Um, gosh, I always have the camera with me. And I'm that guy that's never in any of the photos because I'm always taking photos and, and I'm not looking for that perfect photo, but what I do look for are opportunities to get a photo that you may not see. Otherwise, if you're just, uh, I don't know if you're just sort of standing back, taking pictures of everything, let me bring this picture up and see if I can explain a little better. Um, I'm going to do just a second here. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. And I'm curious to see the photo that you put up here because I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the phenomenon. Okay. Should be able to see this. Mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, for those of you catching this not on the video, this is a picture of my oldest son, my, and he is working on putting a Christmas ornament on the tree. But normally when you, if I stop talking right there, you would probably think, okay, so the little kid standing next to the Christmas tree, his arm is reaching up and, you know, he's hanging the ornament. And he's probably smiling. That's not at all what this is. Yeah. And that's what comes to mind when you said putting an ornament on a tree. I thought exactly that he's, you're standing behind him or far away and you can see him reaching up to put an ornament on. Yeah, um, but that's not what I wanted. Um, I could take those and I'd have a bunch of them. But what I what I got here is I'm 
I'm looking through sort of the side of the Christmas tree. I've got some branches sort of curling up underneath, some coming in over the top. Some of them are much closer to me, uh, and so they're out of focus. And then in the back of the photo, sort of right through the middle, through these branches, you can see my son's face as he's looking down into the tree. And it's almost and you like you see... caught him unaware at a, at a moment in time. Yeah, he didn't know I was doing this. Um, he He's on the other side of the tree with mommy, and they're hanging up ornaments. And I thought, wait a minute, I, I got to get this. So it, it didn't come out quite like I was hoping. This is sort of that chasing that perfect photo that we were talking about. I, ideally, I'd like to be able to see maybe an ornament or maybe a little bit more of what he's actually doing. But you can see this and you know that the context of this photo, you know what's going on. You know what this is about. Yeah. It's a kid, you know, hanging an ornament or or looking at an ornament or something with the Christmas tree. And But it's not just, I don't want to say just like it's a bad thing, but it's not your typical kid hanging an ornament on a tree kind of photo. And I got to say, Phil, you're really good at this. I've noticed this where you intentionally look for different ways to take what might be an ordinary photo and not just at Christmas, but I've seen you do this other times too, where you're, you're walking around and looking for something beyond just a snapshot. And to me, that's one of the, um, one of the nice things about using, I'm guessing you shot that with a, uh, your 35 millimeter lens. Pretty sure. And when I got more serious into photography, I had only prime lenses, lenses that don't zoom. And because I couldn't stand back and zoom in on something, I, I had to walk around more and I've gotten kind of lazy about that over time. Um, but you're really good about that, about, uh, looking for those moments or those unconventional ways to shoot a picture. And even if you just have an iPhone, that's not, it, you're not going to get that ultra shallow depth of field. You can still do that. If you just move around a little bit and find a perspective that no one else would be thinking of. And maybe it's really, maybe it's down low and you're on your, you're literally on your back below the Christmas tree, or maybe you stand up on something or maybe you go behind it. And yeah, you don't have to have a, a fancy camera to do to do any of this. I mean, that's, that's not the point at all. Um, it, in regards to this kind of photo, it's really just, just changing your perspective and thinking, you know, I'm going to try something different. Like you said, you could, you know, lay on your back and, and get underneath the Christmas tree and, and maybe get your kid's hand as he's reaching into the tree. And if that comes out and you, you like the way, it looks, then you've got this great photo that you would never have gotten just doing things the normal way. And I was looking through a friend of mine shoots a lot of weddings and I was looking through one of her photo albums the other day. And, um, she had all these pictures of the reception that had no people in them. And instead she had close up of the cake and close up of some candles and, and a picture of the overhead lighting, these other things that I would have never thought to shoot this, which is one reason why I don't shoot weddings. But those other things give you a, a sense of, of the complete picture, not just people dancing or drinking or whatever, but they they add texture to the event. And I think doing that at, at 
Christmas especially, when there's so many things that you don't get other times a year, it can be a nice way to enhance the the experience of looking back at the photos later on and capturing those extra details that you might not otherwise think of. But you look back and, and you remember that there's the cookies and there's the and you remember spending an hour on them because you had to make it twice because you messed up the recipe the first time. Remember, there's the new ornament that your son got at, at preschool that year or whatever it might be. And it's a it's a fun way to capture the those holiday moments. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Well, let me. I think, I think it's important to mix. To me, it, it's important to mix those in with making sure that you do get some of those traditional photos and some of these non-traditional photos. Let me ask you something, is, Phil. That's something I like to do. Yes. And, and you're really good at it too. Um, Thank you. Do you shoot in? Um, uh, do you shoot in auto? Do you shoot in manual? And some some photographers are, are wondering right now. That's great, but I can't get that picture because um, I I don't know I don't know all the fancy uh, auto mode or manual modes and shutter speed and aperture and all that. How, what do you shoot in? I go back and forth between two things. Okay. Um, I shoot in shutter priority mode and aperture priority mode. Okay. And. For those of you who, who may not know what that means, um, on, a, on a DSLR, you can set different modes for how things, for, for how the camera is going to behave. And in shutter priority mode, it gives you the, one of the little thumb wheels you can spin. It makes that responsible for how the speed of the shutter, and it does everything else on its own. And in aperture priority mode, that same dial, that same little thumb wheel is now responsible for the aperture. And then the camera takes care of everything else, like the shutter speed. So they, they actually, one takes care of the other and vice versa. And so if you're shooting a, uh, if you're outside and you're shooting a, um, a th- bicycles going by, you would want a really fast shutter speed of like a 300th or 500th of a second. Um, yeah. But and inside for these, at least the slower moments at Christmas, I will take like the, like the one I showed. Um, I'd probably shoot that in aperture priority mode and try to get the depth of field just, just the way I want it so that mm-hmm. I got just enough blur, you know, in front and behind. But if we were to switch and talk about taking pictures of the kids actually opening presents, then no, I wouldn't shoot in aperture priority mode because I know I'm not going to get this magazine cover worthy picture of a kid tearing open a present. Well, and something that goes along with that, which I, the reason I asked this is, um, there's a third element of, of your, your camera. Um, and when you take a picture, which is called ISO. And if you shoot in, uh, at a higher ISO, you might get uh, of like 3,200 or 6,400, you're going to get a picture that looks a little grainy, a little less um, uh, less sharp. It's going to look a little muddier almost, like the colors are kind of washed out. And I used to be really scared of shooting at ISO 3200, 6400, because I thought, why would I want a, a grainy, noisy photo? And instead, I would lower my shutter speed to let in more light. Mm. Well, what happens then? Your photos yeah. are blurry because yep, my kid. Yeah, and this is a problem where. If you're a parent and you're trying to get photos of your kids, well, kids aren't stationary. You you need a faster shutter 
to get them uh, frozen in time. Otherwise, you're just going to get a blurry photo. And one trick I've learned, which is not really a trick, but it's just sort of a mental adjustment, is to, to do like you're saying, focus on a a minimum shutter speed. If we're inside and it's it's Christmas morning and there's not a whole lot of light, I'll use a minimum shutter speed of a 60th or 100th of a second, which doesn't let in a lot of light, but I'll compensate by shooting at ISO 6400. And so the trade-off to me is I get a photo that's a little noisy, uh, the colors are a little washed out, but it's sharp and there's the kids aren't aren't blurry because it takes so long for them to uh, uh, or because it would normally require a slower shutter speed to let in that much light. Of course, the other thing you can do is use that flash on your camera. <laughs> and just to be clear for listeners out there, I can't stand that thing. I avoid that thing. I I think I've used my pop-up flash a dozen times in the past four years. I just don't like it because I don't like the weird shadows it creates. I don't like the red eye that it makes in people. And the the only way well, I can get away with not using that flash is by getting a lens that has a much bigger opening to let in more light. So I don't yeah. know, Phil, what, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm the same way. And that's something that I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't have thought of it otherwise because I'm basically the same way. I... I'm hardly even aware that my camera has a flash. And the reason I avoid it so much is because in my mind, when you use the flash, it pictures don't look natural anymore. No, they look weird. They don't, they don't look right to me. Uh, The lighting isn't right. The colors aren't right. I don't know. It just seems a little phony i don't yeah, know that's and you get like the, especially with kids you get their their faces have weird splotches of light from the flash and and uh you you get the the weird shadows on places and I, i'm not a, a fan of the flash i should say it's it's interesting though your technique where, where you said that you will not worry so much about the the uh, iso and just keep that shutter speed nice and fast. Yeah. They're fast enough so that you can get a sharp enough picture of whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, because I think a lot, a lot of people probably default to using that flash to getting a nice sharp picture. And it does. If you use that flash, you'll probably get a sharper picture, but man, to me, the trade-off isn't worth it. And if you're if you're shooting with a, the the lens that came with your camera, it, it probably says eighteen to fifty five. Um, you might find yourself using the flash a lot more than you want to, because that lens doesn't have the capability of letting in a lot of light. And if you want one thing to do to to get better photos, my recommendation is always the same thing, which is get a prime lens, a lens that doesn't zoom, and the the trade-off there is it lets in a ton of light so you don't have to use a flash and it, it's great on the holidays you can even sneak up in the balcony of a church service and take pictures when there's like almost no light at all during hymns and stuff on christmas night and you can still get good photos because it's letting in so much light so i i'm a huge fan of prime lenses and phil you have a couple different lenses don't you yeah uh i have the 18 to 35 which came with the camera 
um, a 55 to 200, which I use mostly for um, sports, kids sports, uh, or like long distance shots, like a, a lake, a boat on a lake or things like that. Uh, and then on a 35 millimeter prime. And that's probably the one that I use most often. So you don't miss the zooming in, zooming out kind of thing? Most of the time, no. Okay. Well, and I, we'll talk about lenses in a separate episode, but I, I did want to bring that up for this holidays episode because it's one of the best things that you can do if you want better pictures of your kids at the holidays. Get yourself a prime lens. And if you're listening to this in February, then you have all year to save up for your prime lens. And uh, if you shoot Nikon, they make a 35-millimeter prime. That's really good. If you shoot Canon, they make a 24-millimeter prime. That's really good. I would say get one of those. Yeah, I um, agree with that. Phil, we're coming on a, close to 40 minutes here. Um, anything else you want to say before we kind of close this down? Well, yeah, let's go back and, and just think, talk about other other opportunities during the holidays of things that maybe are important to you or to me to have photos of. And, you know, do you like the way that you do those things or are there things you wish you could do better? And I'm going to go first and, and just say that the the thing I think about that I probably waste the most energy on and then never go back and do anything with is just taking pictures of kids actually opening presents. Mm, yeah. And I don't know why I do it. Why do you do I it, mean, Phil? If, I, if I'm being completely honest... I don't know why I'll sit there and say, okay, I know what's in that package. I better get a good picture of the kid opening that. Well, you're never going to get it. Like, you know, I'm never going to get that perfect picture of him realizing, oh, this is that Lego set. Yeah. And then he holds it up. Yeah. They're too excited to, they don't, they're not paying any attention to you and they shouldn't be. If you're trying to take pictures, that's Mm -hmm. not their job. Um, but I, I take probably hundreds of those seriously at at, at uh, Christmases and birthday parties, and I probably never do anything with them. Man, I I know what you mean because <laughs> I I do I do similar things where um I, I it, to me it, for me it's not opening the presents, but I I'm so caught up in it. I gotta capture everything about Christmas morning. I gotta run around and take pictures of. Uh, uh, the, what are they having for breakfast that day? Uh, they just got out of bed. What do their jammies look like? Um, what are they, uh, they, they opened a present. I need to get them playing with that present. And I never look at those. I don't care about them, but I'm so caught up in the moment. And then meanwhile, I'm missing out on the fun of yep. Christmas because I'm running yep. around with my camera. That's part of the problem of, of that designated photographer is you get stuck on the idea that you've got to take pictures of everything because you want to, you want to have you know, those, those special pancakes or whatever it is. And, uh, the kids discovering that there's something in the stockings or sitting by the fire, whatever your traditions are, you want to try to get some of everything and you want to make sure you got good photos of everything. But in all honesty, you're, you're not going to do that unless you hire a professional photographer to come in and sit with your family during the holidays and chances are i'm gonna go kind of on a limb here and say you probably don't even need it and if you if you look back at photos of when you were kids like phil if if we look at photos from when we were kids at christmas there's not a lot and we might have a dozen for a given year and honestly it would be nice to have 
200 photos, I guess, but all the people we care about are there. And the, the, the setting is there and there's a story behind it. And I think for me, it's, it's a mental thing. I need to get over the fact that, or get over the idea that I have to capture that perfect picture and 300 of the perfect picture. Otherwise this moment will be lost forever. No, it's not the case at all. I need enough photos to, to capture enough things that it'll give us room to tell the story behind it later on when we're looking at things. But well, What's the reason that we take photos at the holidays? It's so that to you can share them on Facebook. So you can, no. Oh. Yes. Well, yes and no. Um, yeah, to share them online and in a bigger context to remember those things. Yeah. Right? That's the real reason is so that you can look at those pictures later on. And to get and, likes on Facebook. And to get likes on Facebook. And hearts on Instagram. And <laughs> nope, you, nope, nope. Um, yes, actually, for as little as you and I do those kinds of things because we're too old, uh, that is a big part of it. But it's about, for me, it's about having the memories. But are you going to, you're going to miss out on, on a lot of that yourself, being yeah. too concerned with trying to capture every little moment. It's kind of ironic that in this first episode of Camera Dads, we're telling people, I think the subtext here is stop taking so many photos. Yes, it is. I, but you know what? Your photos you will be better. Put it more directly than that. You're, the yeah. photos, you want enough photos, I think, during the holidays, during Christmas, so that you can go back and look at them later or get prints or whatever your intention is with them so that you can retell that story to whoever it is that you're talking to. Well, And you can do that with just a handful of photos. And even if you don't have a fancy camera, you can still do it. Yeah. But a fancy so, camera and, is nice. Yeah. I guess that would be a good takeaway, is that a, a theme for from the camera dads about holiday photos is don't worry about getting that perfect photo because you're it's not really going to matter. And with that in mind, don't worry about taking so many photos. Because what are you going to do with all of them anyway? Preach it, Phil. That's right. You heard it here, folks. Um, it, to piggyback off that, I want to hear what the listeners have to say. And if you would be so kind as to leave your thoughts on our blog, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you if you want to um, share any tips that you have for getting good photos at Christmas or, or – what you think of some of the things we talked about today we'd we'd love to hear from you we read your comments we respond to your comments and they mean a lot to us and we always want your input on the show as well um to that end our next show is called Ten Thousand images and it's about what phil and i use to store pictures organize pictures um go through all our pictures um deciding what pictures to keep and whatnot basically how do we manage all the photos that we have in our lives and it piggybacks on that idea that that i just sort of closed out with is if you do take 300 pictures of your kids tearing through wrapping paper what do you do with those good question phil because in the <laughs> digital age that we've got you don't have to worry about storage space but do you really so, want to save all those pictures we will find out next time. That's right. And listeners, um, we we invite your comments. So um, 
now that you know the topic for next week's show or next month's show, leave us your thoughts on the blog. We've got a space just for sending us comments about the next topic, and you're invited to participate in these Hangouts with us. Uh, you can do text chat if you click on the, the link for the Hangouts. So, Phil, that does it for this first episode of Camera Dads. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with me. And in case we didn't mention it, um, follow along with us. Uh, cameradads.com is where the show lives and where you can put your feedback for uh, any episodes or upcoming episodes, things like that. You can catch us on Twitter at cameradads. And if you want to take some time and send us an email, uh, send it to cameradads at gmail.com. Right. And we will uh, we'll respond to anything and look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks a lot, Phil. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Good night.